It's time for some hostile therapy. Welcome to a, a, another episode of Hostile Therapy with your host, Big Red. And I got sitting across from me, it's Miss Nige, the comedian. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, Nige? It's going good, it's going good. My legs hurt. Why you? Why your legs hurt? Because I just did the river walk. I wasn't fancy enough to do the 3K, I only did the 1K. I barely made it, but I made it. Barely made it. <laughs> What were you walking for? Was there a special reason you were doing it for? Well, my sister has breast cancer, and I have a clotting disorder called TTP, so walked for it all. Okay, okay. Good calls, good calls. You did that, what, what, 6, 7 this morning? No, it started at 9. 9 o'clock? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So you're going to be wore out for the show? I might have to carry you through this? No, as long as I can stay seated, I'm cool. Okay. <laughs> I just can't. I'm I can't walk. Now, if I have to go to the bathroom, I might have to go get a cup or two, but other than that, I'm well, cool. you got a cup in front of you, so if you need to use that. That ain't my cup. I, I, didn't, I didn't say it had to be. <laughs> hey, that's how we roll out here. You know, we keep it moving. Nothing don't stop us here. Tasty cakes. Leave that alone. We got a special guest on the show today. We got... Mr. Doctor, I said Mr. first. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Brian King. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me, folks. I appreciate yeah, it. I appreciate you being on the show. And Nigel, if you do need a cup, I got you covered, man. I got you. <laughs> Your cup ain't big enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, must have been. It must have been a heck of a, of a walk this morning. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You had to go outside with that, then. Yeah. I, I had a little bit of leakage when I crossed the finish yeah. line. <laughs> I just cleaned the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting thing to admit on the radio. <laughs> hey, look, it happens. Everybody has a little bit of leakage sometimes. <laughs> no, oh, no, don't try to put this on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. I, I don't know, maybe, I guess. Uh, it depends. Define leakage, you know? I pee. Uh, I pee. Yeah, no, I know, but, <laughs> well, the but le- leakage is me. like accidental pee. Well, yeah, whereas, it was accidental. Uh, you know, like I, I guess I, I guess uh, I know I when I when I have to go, I just go. Uh, you know. <laughs> so, wherever you are, pull over. You know, right outside Big Red's house. You know, whatever. Right. <laughs> it works. Right on his car. Yeah. Okay. It works. Yeah. So that's cool. You did. You uh, uh, you had this this cancer walk this morning. That's awesome. I feel so lazy uh, coming in here. I, I woke up and and basically came here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you walk with a purpose to get here. That's fine. Yeah, I did a lot of stuff this morning. It was crazy because not only did I do the walk, I went grocery shopping, dropped the groceries off, and then came here. So yeah, I'm a little eh, but I'm here and I'm in good spirits. So that's a good thing. All right, it's always good. Always good. Now. Dr. King, yeah, you are a podcaster, mm-hmm. psychologist, public oh. speaker, a comedian, and author of a few books. That's right. Wow. And, uh, you know, you, when you list everything like that, it sounds much more impressive than, <laughs> the, than the reality. Uh, I'm, just a, I'm just a guy with hobbies, basically. Uh, That's some hell of a hobby, yeah, man. Right. That's an inspirational hobbies right there that I'm trying to get I, to. Uh, I guess uh, the first thing I, I, out of that list, the first thing I was, was, was a psychologist. I, mean, I, I got yeah. my... 
I got my doctorate in psychology a long time ago, uh, and then I started doing comedy, mm -hmm. and uh, and I've been performing comedy about maybe ten years. I started wow. in California, in San mm -hmm. Francisco, and uh, and then the weirdest thing happened in my life. Uh, the uh, combination of being a doctor and a comedian led me to have some opportunities to become a public speaker. Uh, you okay. know this this company to hire speakers. They heard about me, and I got a phone call. They said, "Hey, are you?" Is this Dr. Brian King? He's like, yeah. You know, I'm kind of, you know, I'm like, yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't know what kind of call it is, you know. And they say, yeah, we, uh, you know, we, we book public speakers for these various seminar events. And we, uh, are you all, yeah, let me get this straight. Are you also a comedian? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, I'm like, 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 I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. well, let me get this straight. Yeah. So, You're both? <laughs> they're just trying to make sure they got the right guy. And so I'm like, <laughs> and so I'm like, uh, uh, they said, "Well, you know, we 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 think that uh, you being a psychologist, you could you're qualified to do these talks, and you being a comedian, you can make them funny, you know, <laughs> so that more people will come out to the right. talks, you know, and stuff." And and they said, "How'd you like to go on the road as a public speaker?" And I was like, "Man, I'm in," <laughs> you know. I was like, yeah. and nobody was calling me to go on the road uh, back then anyway. Nobody's calling me on the road to do comedy, mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? And and when I first started doing comedy. Uh, really, you know, people have different aspirations. You know, I don't know what you guys are looking forward to in your careers, but when I first started comedy, I honestly wanted to tour. You know, mm -hmm. I, I told my my friends, you know, that guy's, yeah, I just want to get on a late night talk show, or I just want to do this or that. Like, my goal is I just want to go on the road. You know, I want to yeah. go. And, uh, and I got the opportunity to go on the road as a public speaker. Mm -hmm. uh, so... I started doing that, and that was uh, amazing. I've been doing that for about eight years, and then uh, while I'm while I'm on the road as a public speaker, uh, well, you know, I start podcasting because I'm on the road all the time. Yeah. My podcast is called On the Road with Dr. Brian, mm -hmm. and uh, I started doing other activities. And then uh, one day, I get these lucky breaks. One day uh, in my in my seminar, this guy comes up to me afterwards. He's like, "Hey, I'm a." Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a literary agent and represent this publisher. Uh, we've, we've been interested, we've heard about you, and I, we've been interested in offering you a book deal, and I came here to see if you'd be interested in writing a book. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it's like, it's weird how these yeah. things just kind of fell into my lap, you know. Mm -hmm. But but the education came first. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's funny because, like, um, I am a, I, I do have a doctorate, but I don't really practice anything that would resemble psychology. Uh, you know, most people think like, oh, uh, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't have patients, I don't do therapy, I don't do any of those things. Yeah, you but know? you could see crazy coming. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you used to practice that? Or no, no, I was uh, more like a professor type. Okay. Uh, you gotcha. know? Yeah, that was uh, that was back. That that was my role. You know, I okay. didn't want it. I was never really, I, I didn't have the patience uh, to see patients. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's so annoying. Uh, you know, I, I lay there on the couch just bitching about your problems, you know. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I always thought it, it had to be like one of the hardest jobs to take home because you take yeah. home all that negativity and then you bring that and you put that onto your right, own life. Right. Now I just like dysfunction after dysfunction after dysfunction, and I, I got to go to happy hour. You know, yeah. yeah no, I, that's not what I wanted. And plus, I, I just I don't know. I I, might, I don't think I have the disposition to be that patient, really. You yeah. know, I, 
I just, you know, he was like, yeah, I don't know why I feel so anxious. I'm like, well, just stop it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, just cut it out already, uh, you know? <laughs> Straight into the point. That's right. <laughs> this is what you pay for. This is what Can you, you get. you prescribe something yeah. for me? Stop <laughs> doing it. Doc, I'm trying to quit drugs. Then don't do them. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's it's just. You tell, you're telling me all the bad things about them. Why do you continue doing <laughs> exactly. it? Exactly. I yeah. don't think this is what you're supposed to be telling me, Doc. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, and I don't want to deal with, like, insurance companies and all that stuff. So it's never been really uh, something I was interested in doing, okay. you know. I now, it's, uh, interestingly enough, I never had an interest in, in directly affecting people through therapy. But now, through my seminars, my speaking gigs, and the books I write, things like that, mm -hmm. I think I have a much wider reach anyway, yeah. you know, like... People uh, email me and they say, hey, I read your book and it changed my life. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Uh, you know, that's how. We know it's interesting. You're actually doing what your profession is supposed to do anyway. It's, yeah. It's still helping people. Right, exactly. I'm just not doing it the way most people think. Yeah. You know? You're not yeah. doing it by the book. Yep. That's, that's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely far from that book. <laughs> so, so, what, what was. Uh, when did you realize, or oh, was this a lifelong thing that you wanted to try to be a comedian? It's funny. Uh, we were talking earlier about starting a podcast, uh, and I said that I admired you for just like starting it without, you know, like you were telling me how you didn't know what you're doing in the beginning Hell and you had no, to learn and anything. stuff. <laughs> and I was telling you, like, I, I think that's the same thing with comedy. It's like I, I encourage people to just start doing comedy. Uh, even though they don't know how to do it, because you yeah. learn how to do it once you get on right. stage. You learn how to be a podcaster once you start producing. You know, uh, I wish I would have had somebody give me that advice when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, when I first wanted to do comedy, I was in Austin, Texas, which is where I got my, where I went to college, uh, and uh, I used to hang out at this comedy club all the time. Yeah. Uh, this it opened up uh, while I lived there. And now it's like a, a big name on the comedy circuit. It's called, um, oh man, I'm, am I really going to forget the name of it? And it's, uh, it's on 6th Street. Uh, I can't, oh, why is it, I'm blanking on it. I can't believe I'm blanking on it. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's a big name in the circuit now, even though I can't remember that name. Uh, anyways, they opened up while I was living in, in Austin. Mm -hmm. uh, I started going there, comedy fan. You know, I'm a fan of comedy. The comedians that were working there were all these local guys who had just started performing. Yeah. And they were all like, oh, you should do comedy. You should try doing comedy. And I kept telling them, it's like, I don't know if I'm ready. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. have enough material written. I don't have, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know what I would talk about if I got on stage. And so I never yeah. did, you yeah. know. I wish somebody would have told me, like we were talking earlier, mm -hmm. back then, to say, hey, you don't need, you know, uh, the material. In fact, you get the experience on the stage, yeah. you know. I would have got on stage a lot sooner. I didn't actually get on stage until I was in San Francisco and I was working at a job that I absolutely hated, like a miserable job. It was just every day after day, I was just like hating life, sucking, you know. And, uh, and I was kind of, I got kind of depressed and, uh, and just really feeling pretty negative about the choices I'd made in my life. And uh, I was walking down the street, and I passed this sign that said San Francisco Comedy College. And I remember at the end, yeah, like they were like they were teaching stand-up comedy, you know, and uh, and I I thought to myself, wow, that 
that's literally like uh, this is such a a clue as to you know like I should I, I'm gonna, I signed up for classes almost immediately, and the classes weren't really that all that uh, that, that interesting I guess. Uh, but for a comedy class, yeah, right? it's, it's, yeah, it's <laughs> hard. You don't that teach, sounds yeah, so. You don't really teach people how to be funny. You teach them how to get on stage and how to work the mic and how to you know structure jokes things like that. Yeah. But once I once I got in there though, I real uh, and then they had like an open mic set up, you know, where you could practice what you were learning. Yeah. Uh, once I got in there, I was like, you know, I I, I don't ever want to do any. I don't ever want to not do comedy. You know, I wish I would have started this so much earlier. Yeah. Uh, it took having a miserable, crummy job, uh, and the need for something. You know, what I mean, mm. I was so I was so <laughs> unfulfilled with with my work life that I needed something else, mm. and I just happened to see that sign. If it was like. Piano lessons, uh, you know, I'd have like, well, maybe I'll learn piano. <laughs> you know? But I had always wanted to be a comedian, you know, and I walk up by that sign, and my friend is like, actually says to me, she's like, didn't you say you always wanted to be a comedian? I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. Let me try that, you know. Let me, let me sign up for this class. And uh, and then I got fired a month later because I kept the open mic. <laughs> like honestly, I, I was uh, I, I was uh, I was literally uh, I started doing comedy. I loved it so much. I started getting booked on gigs, and my, my boss is like, "Hey Brian, you got to finish this project. I'm like, I need to stay late." I'm like, "I can't stay late. I got to open mic." <laughs> so what did you just tell me? Yeah. And so like literally a month after I started doing comedy, I got fired from that last job, and that was the last job I ever had. By the way, uh, the last employer I've ever. had. Had. You know, I've uh, I've been self-employed in one form or another ever since. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, uh, granted, it didn't always it didn't work out right away. I was on unemployment for a while, yeah. but then the, I got the call, did the speaking, did the books, you know, and that kind of stuff. So right. it's been it's been wild. Yeah, isn't, isn't it interesting though that like comedy is like the one of the only careers where it says like I have to practice stuff first before I go into it. You know, yeah. no, no one says that for any other job. Like, well, before I try to go into this part of employment, let me let me practice first before I go into it because I'm just not ready for it. <laughs> right. I never I never made hamburgers at home before I started yeah, making yeah. them at McDonald's. <laughs> I never did that. Do you have any experience? Uh, no. I'm sorry. You're, you're hired. No, you're yeah. going to get hired. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're good. We want people with no experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. It, you got to practice everywhere you do. And I think uh, I think it's intimidating, too, to yeah. start comedy. It is. I, I will, I, I've been told by quite a few people that, um, man, you got to be brave to do something like that because yeah. it's only you up there and you're critiqued. And for, you know how people are, are intimidated by going to a job interview and they have one person asking right. them all these hard questions where well, you got a room full of people right. and and an interview is going to give you the politically correct critique the uh, people in the comedy <laughs> room are going to throw food at you right. boo you and drinks that's true that's what you think's going to happen the yeah. reality is nobody's ever thrown anything at me you know nobody's ever you know I ha- I've never gotten booed yeah. uh, I the worst thing ever is that they just sit there silent Right. You know, and that's that. Do you think that's worse to be in silence or to have someone heckle you? I feel like heckling I can work with. Yeah, they say something funny, I say something back, boom, it's a show. Yeah. You know, but, but if they just sit there silently looking at me, I'm like, oh, yeah. no, this is right. It's almost like sex. Like, you're like, just yeah. say, make a noise, do something. <laughs> It doesn't happen to me that often anymore, you know. I mean, I've been doing it for about ten years. I'm, I'm I, I, I usually get a laugh, you know. Even Sex? on a bad. <laughs> wait, what? 
I have had sex for the past 10 years. It's awesome. <laughs> 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 ever, ever since I left the church. Uh, yeah. Uh, man, uh, yeah, it's like, it is like that. <laughs> oh, well, after it makes sex better, I think, man. You, you, when you when you, you, you when you like me, you know I'm not I'm not like a powerhouse. You know I'm not. A, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> you have to have a sense of humor. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I have to laugh a little bit. Yeah, they you just don't want them laughing and pointing. That's what you don't yeah, want. Yeah, 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 that's the only that's the only kind of laughter that's not good in sex. <laughs> Never with a point. Never with a point. <laughs> Even if you're thinking it, don't point. That's all I'm saying. I can't help it. It's like it comes all at once. Eye, hand, mouth, all at once. That's how it works. Yeah. But yeah, so that's been my that's been my uh, my my introduction to psychology. I mean, my my comedy, my career. Okay. It's been it's been pretty wild. So if you had to take comedy completely out, mm-hmm. what would you love the most out of everything you've done? Oh, besides comedy? Yep. Ugh, that's tough because almost everything I've done that's, that I love has been comedy related. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, I really I I'll, I'll be honest with you I really do love the field of psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I I I got my PhD because not because I was planning on uh, you know I had this like grand scheme of things. In fact, uh, you know a lot of people they like have a, have, a, have a lot of clear direction in life. I didn't. I got my PhD just because I was so interested in psychology. You know, I, I kept. I was in college as an undergraduate for six years, and uh, part of that's because I'm just you know stupid. <laughs> but part of it is because I couldn't pick a major. You know, I was I was I was just I was you know take this class and this is interesting, this class and this is interesting, and then I started taking psychology classes, and then I started taking more psychology classes because I really really did enjoy psychology. Uh, I got published in a couple of uh, psych journals uh, that when I was pretty young, and um, those are uh, impressive achievements, uh, in my opinion. Uh, you know, if, if, I, if I were a professor of psychology right now, uh, my publication uh, history would be like nothing, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't published a whole lot, but, but I published uh, sooner and more than most of my peers, you know, and, and, uh, and cause I was really into research you know, I was really into psychology and I, and I, and I, I, I did a lot. Uh, but then, you know, I got sidetracked, ended up in a crappy job, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, were you met with any resistance when you wanted to get into the comedy world? Like any hmm. friends, family? Like you know, what's funny about that is that almost everybody I told I was going to do comedy, mm-hmm. uh, they, they, they would say, yeah, that's about right. I, could, <laughs> I, I, I could see you being a comedian. Uh, you know, And that's when you know you're kind of on to the right, right path. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, you know, if people that I that didn't even know me very well were like, yeah, I could, I could see you as a, as a comedian. You know, I, Nobody really uh, uh, was anti-comedy, you know. My my parents very supportive, although you know it's they want their kid to be successful, and most comedians are not successful. Uh, you know, it's just it, it's a fact. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, even if we're not successful in comedy, it's like comedy has a way of getting you fired from other jobs. You know, so <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's hard. But uh, yeah, no, I, uh, people were were uh, were were into it. You know, when I was younger. I, had, I I can look back on my life and I see like instances where where you know I would express uh, a desire to be a comedian or something like that uh, throughout my life. But I but when I look back, 
mean, I remember this one girl hanging out in my floppy, crappy apartment in college. And she just says to me, it's like, you remind me of TV people. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, what do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I know. I was like, what do you mean? Like, it's like, like you should be on TV. Uh, you know, it's like, I love like, you should be doing yeah. something. Like, yeah. like, I don't know, I don't know what you meant by TV people. Like a character on a show or a commercial or just like somebody, I don't know. somebody just... who installs TVs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I remember that. And, and, and lots of, you know, Many other people throughout my life have made similar suggestions. I don't know why it took me so damn long to, to act on it. You know, I fear, got, I got, would you say fear? Not, you not, know, fear just, is part of it, yeah. but also I, I got wrapped up in school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I'm like a creative person uh, at, at, at my, in, in, in my core, but I'm also a practical person. And uh, a long time ago, I thought, you know, uh, I, I don't like I, I was thinking about like, I can go the artistic route or I can do something more practical like go to college uh, and, I, and I saw people I, I knew people that were struggling to make it in creative careers and I thought well I want a backup plan you know I want to yeah. go to college mm-hmm. first and then after I finish college then I'm going to do this other stuff yeah. but then I got like well now that I've finished college I'm going to go ahead and get a PhD in psychology and so I kept Time pushing to yeah I kept pushing it, back, it off yeah. you know pushing it off and then when I got the PhD in psychology, I owed a lot of money because <laughs> uh, a PhD ain't cheap. Uh, you know, I had yeah. student loans and stuff, and so I had to. Oh, well, now I got to pay these student loans. Let me get this job, and this job, you know, like I, you know, flew me out to San Francisco. You know, what I mean, so, so it, it, everything, life kept putting it off. I never prioritized uh, art, and then until I got miserable, you know, and I was like, okay, I had it with this. I had it with this job I have. I had it with you know, I'm not. I don't care if I'm broke. You know, I don't care if I default in my loans. You know, I don't care if I, uh, if I, if I have bad credit. You know, what what good is good credit if you got no money to buy it? Exactly. You know, right. <laughs> and so right. so I really did. I, I, I when I got fired, I was like, I'm I'm not going back to that. Uh, you know, I'm, and I'm I devoted my life to uh, comedy and stage and all kinds of other types of performances. And did, so. did you have like a a, a send off message to your employer? <laughs> like, I'll make it a comedy. You'll see. Yeah. When I come back, I'll shine it right in your face. By the way, then he comes out and sees me begging for quarters. You know. <laughs> <laughs> now you can see him begging for quarters. That's right. right. Spare dime. Now you know what was interesting. I was so uh, unhappy with that job. I was just relieved to get out of there, man. Because like I, you know, I didn't want to quit. Because uh, yeah, I was like, I don't know if this is true, but I thought if you quit, you don't get to apply for unemployment. So I didn't want to quit. I think it you know, is. I don't. It might be. It might not be. But that was my under, that was my belief. And so I didn't want to quit, but I wasn't like gonna do something purposely to get fired. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was just really bad at my job. Uh, it's kind of like how you break up with somebody passively. You know, it's like you, you don't want to really, you know, say, hey, baby, let's stop seeing each other. Instead, you just start being like a jerk or you yeah. call, you don't call her as frequently. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you show up late for things. Uh, you know, Go off the grid. So, yeah. So it's just like passively like making them break up with you, basically. Yeah. You know, and I started showing up late for work. You know, we didn't really have like a set time to show up. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, 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 you know, most people got there at nine o'clock, and I'd roll in at like ten, uh, and then uh, you late again, Brian. <laughs> Get off my back! So one, my boss is like, he's had it with me, and one day he's like, you know, Brian, uh, you know, we're we're establishing a new rule. You have to be here at nine o'clock. You know, we're all going to be start being here exactly at nine o'clock. So uh, you have to be here at nine o'clock. And I said, okay, fine. 
The very next day, uh, I accidentally missed my bus. And uh, <laughs> y'all couldn't see that, but it was yeah. some quotation figures. <laughs> That's right. Got there about you know nine forty-five or so, and he calls me in his office and was like, "Yeah, so we had this talk yesterday about you being here at nine o'clock." I was like, "Yeah, I know. I missed my bus." And he's like, "Well, I gotta let you go." And I'm like, "Oh, thank God." Right. <laughs> what you did know? you say? <laughs> yeah. I need you to be sad when I fire you. Yeah. No, it was a. Uh, it was like it was crazy because it's like. Uh, getting fired from a job you hate is just as as a is nobody likes getting fired, but it's a wonderful feeling to just have that relief, you know. Because right. I couldn't bring myself to quit it, because I, I was you know in San Francisco, I was paying more in rent in San Francisco than uh, my student loan payment, you know, yeah. like that was my, like it was it was it was just so expensive to live there, and I could not see myself living there without any sort of support or income. You know, and unemployment, like, like again, I don't know if this is true, but I believed I could not get it yeah. if I quit if I quit my job, you know. <laughs> Did you get your unemployment? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he got fired. Yeah. Ends with a happy story. I lived off of that for a while, thanks to Obama. <laughs> thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah, he extended unemployment. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah I remember. I remember. <laughs> that works. Cool, cool. Yeah. But the funny thing is, though, San Francisco, man, my unemployment uh, only covered my rent. That's a crazy thing. I got, I was making six figures in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and uh, San Francisco is the mo- one of the most expensive cities in the country now. But it was still pretty expensive back then. Yeah, I believe. And uh, and with six figure income, I I was still scraping by, barely. You know, I was in debt. I had the, the student loans were killing me. Uh, other credit cards and stuff were killing me. And then, of course, my rent was really high. So when I when I was let go and all I had was unemployment, well the unemployment barely covered my rent. Mm-hmm. I had nothing else, you know. Mm-hmm. So I started. I, I needed to hustle and make uh, some money off of comedy, mm-hmm. you know. And that's and uh, and thankfully I did. I was able to to start, you know, earning, you know, maybe a few hundred bucks here and there, you know, doing comedy shows. Mm-hmm. And it helped me, you know, get by. And then public speaker, yeah. <laughs> so it's been an interesting ride. That's right. Well, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> I am too. I, I was not going to go back to another. Like, I'd get calls from recruiters and they'd be like, hey, we got an opening. It looks a lot like, it looks like you'd be really qualified for it because it's a lot like your last job and I'd hang up. <laughs> I would just, I'd be like, I'm not yeah. going back to that. I would rather wait tables than, be, than, you know, with a PhD than go back to what I was doing. So. <laughs> Or, I love it. I got one more question for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, what are the three things you are the most proud of that you have done in your life? Oh, man. If I, if you'd asked me this question two years ago, I'd have a completely different answer. But right now, it's my daughter. Uh, Aww. Perfect answer. Yeah, my daughter is... Number one. My daughter is number one and probably number two and three, but that's a boring answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, no that's I, a great I, I, answer. I wouldn't go against it. That's a great answer. I am so proud of this little girl. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a late bloomer when it comes to having kids and, and doing other adult things. Uh, you know, it's again, it's it's funny how much this relates to finances. But again, I put off comedy for my PhD. I put off having a family because I was in debt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, And so once I got that taken care of, I was able to, you know, allow myself to, to have a kid. No, man, my daughter is so amazing. Uh, we, we, we uh, she came into my life about two years ago, and she's uh, wonderful and cute and smart and funny Aww. and just, uh, she's my whole world, man. So that's the thing I'm most proud of. Second thing I'm most proud of 
is my uh, my book, the last book that I published. Um, it's called The Laughing Cure, and uh, it's really good. <laughs> it's, I'll uh, have to get it. I'm gonna have I to will, get it. I will. I'll have. To, I'll have to admit it's it, it's a pretty good book. When it, when I first came out, I was super proud of it. I put everything I had into it, and uh, I think you know the thing is is that he, I got a book deal. And, um, you know, can I tell you about how I got yeah, my go, book deal? Yeah, yeah. Go, go. All right. So I'm a doctor who's funny, right? <laughs> there's, a, um, there's, there's a famous doctor who's funny uh, named Patch Adams. I knew you were yeah, going yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the first one that came out yeah. Patch Adams is a medical doctor, a little different than me as being a psychologist. But still, people draw the parallel mm-hmm. for that reason. Robin Williams. So this guy who comes to my seminar to uh, to offer me the book deal says to me, he's like, you know, we approached Patch Adams first with this with this uh, uh, opportunity, and he turned us down. Uh, and he wow. he had like Patch wasn't interested in writing a book about humor and health, you know. Would you be interested? And I was like, you mean I'm getting patched I Adam sloppy seconds? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's awesome, you know? So uh, so my book, uh, book deals don't come around very often. Like mm-hmm. nowadays in particular because of, uh, you know, the decline in the industry and like Amazon mm-hmm. and, and everything. Uh, you know, like I, I actually got uh, an advance uh, on my book, which means they paid me to write it, yeah. which is pretty cool. Uh, I got a, a, you know, a traditional publisher as my first time, and I thought to myself, you know, these opportunities don't come around very long. I may never get an opportunity to write another book. I'm gonna put everything I can into this one, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, it's all about laughter and humor and why it's so good for us, with a whole lot of other stuff. You know, I put as much in that book as possible. Okay. You know, and I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, when my next book comes out in September, uh, I hopefully uh, will feel the same way about it that I felt about The Laughing Cure. Already, I feel like it's a better book. Uh, I, it, it, I, I finished writing it in December, and the publisher has it right now, and they're editing it and so forth. It comes out in September of this year, and, uh, and I'm way looking forward to it. It's called The, the, um, it's called the Art of Taking It Easy, <laughs> and, uh, which is all, it's a book about stress and how to handle stress, and I'm super proud of it, but it hasn't been released yet, so I, you know, but those are the things I'm most proud of, I guess. Being a father, number one. And, uh, oh, and then I got a sweet partner, man. My girl. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm a like, lucky guy in like, many ways. She's like, I come after the book. Yeah. <laughs> piece, well, piece of paper and a front cover. It's, it's the mindset. <laughs> I know. That's my mindset. No, no, no. I, I'm, it's not really, it's weird to say I'm proud of her. It's not that I'm proud of her, think, but I'm just I'm, so. I'm happy with her. You know what I mean? She's she's yeah. awesome in every way. So I have I have a lot of good things going on in my life right now, and uh, and most of it I, I indirectly attribute to comedy. You know, mm-hmm. I met my girlfriend at one of my shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know, awesome. I met, uh, one of my seminars I was doing. I uh, yeah, it, it's been a it's been yeah. I, I can't complain. I really can't. Yeah. But she, she, um, if I'm remember correctly, off of one of the videos, she, I think you approached her at a. It was a continuing education. Yeah, yeah, she came to me because I was doing this seminar. <laughs> uh, she came to me. She did. Well, she was. She, I was. I was a presenter. She's an audience. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I like how you said you were. I, I thought she was easy on the eyes, so <laughs> I, I, I followed her. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the polite way of saying it for the video. The truth is, is that most of the people who come to my seminars are uh, a little bit older, uh, yeah. you know, a little bit more mature, 
And uh, and here comes this young girl uh, with like this nice you know red hair and a slamming booty. You can't see it in that. Video. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an ass man by the way, and you can't see it in that video. But she has just got the roundest, most onion booty. I mean, really, it is just it is so good, man. It's so nice. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> she's reminiscent. <laughs> I know, I miss it. It's been two years. It's been two years since I've seen it, ever since my kid was born. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, and so she comes up to me in my seminar, and she says something or another, asks me a question. I don't really remember it. You know, if yeah, I was just staring down. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, we, added, we added each other on social media, and then I came through, she's in Florida, and I came through Florida again uh, the following year. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I say, hey, I'm going to be in your town if you want to hang out. You know, so she came to my, to my, my show again. And, uh, and then like, there was another time where I was doing comedy in her, in her town. So these were seminar gigs, speaking mm-hmm. gigs. And then there's a comedy club in, in her town. I came to do a uh, performance there. And, uh, and she wasn't in Gainesville. She was in Tampa. But she actually drove two hours to come see me in Gainesville. And I was like, all right, that's it. I mean, this, this girl is, is, is something special. Uh, and uh, I had to break up her marriage. <laughs> no, I didn't break it up. I didn't bring it up. She was already on the on the way out. <laughs> Just a, a slight Just a push. push. That's right. That's right. Uh, but yeah, and she's been wonderful, and we've been traveling ever since. But I wouldn't necessarily say I'm proud of her. I don't know. Proud uh, that you met not, her. She's not an achievement, you know. <laughs> it's like. You know, it's like she's just, uh, we just fit well together. You know, yeah, the kid good. is an achievement, man. That was, that took some work. Wrecked that, huh? Ah, you wrecked it. Nice. Uh, that's, that's a reference to a joke I told you. Yes. <laughs> oh, not a wreck anything. <laughs> yeah. I really don't, I really don't get it, man. Can I share the joke? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, please. So, uh, for the ben- yeah, so the ben- I was, I'm not going to tell the whole bit like I did in the, on the comedy stage, but basically, for the, for the, so your audience knows what we're talking about, uh, you know, there's, there's some, like, dirty talk that some women engage in where they say something like, I want you to wreck that, can we, yeah, go ahead. Can we wreck that pussy, you know? And, uh, which is, yeah, it sounds weird when I say it. When Nike, you, if you said it, it probably sound hot. Uh, yeah. Wreck this pussy. Oh, my God. That's exactly how it works. So, uh, and anyway, so somebody says, wreck that pussy. And I'm like, that's that's really intimidating. Yeah. That's, a, that's a tall order, man. When, I mean, you, like, when, I, when you say it, you was insane in response, you almost say it like a question. You want me to. Yeah, you want me to wreck that pussy? I think you're focused on I the word never, wreck. I have, I have never wrecked a pussy. I, every pussy I've encountered has walked away perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Might have stumbled a little bit, but right, got right, away. Right. Just destroy this. So I'm like, what? Well, why do you think women sound like that? I don't know. That voice, that high voice yeah. I do. Yeah. I figured uh, I, I, for all my life I've been doing that voice <laughs> to imitate women, and uh, and I've had girlfriends who would just like get offended by that. Yeah, you know, they were like, "Why do you that. think all? Why do you think all women talk like that?" <laughs> and it, it wasn't until a few years ago where I realized why that why I make that voice. That's how my mom sounds. Uh, my, <laughs> I literally realized it one day, and my mom was yelling at me, and I was just like. Uh, I was like, oh, man, that's the voice. <laughs> that's the voice I do. He's like, Brian, what do you do? Why don't you know? I'm like, that's it. That's the voice. All my life, I've been doing my mom voice for every every female. You know? 
Oh, I, was, uh, I thought it was Archie Bunker's wife. Yeah, <laughs> hey, she might as well oh, be. Archie. Uh, she, no, my mom. Archie. Oh, uh, yeah, no. yeah. You need to wreck this, Archie. <laughs> <laughs> wreck this pussy, Archie. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, I don't have time right now to oh, That is a good Archie. <laughs> good practicing. I could do one voice. That's why I'm, I had an audition once in L.A. and they asked me if, uh, if I could do uh, impressions. <laughs> I literally said... I got one voice. <laughs> this is my mom's voice, and that was. Who? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get the. I, I didn't get the gig. One impression is the fire marshal. Fire. Ooh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> the mouth too. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you, gotta, you gotta put your teeth in the position. <laughs> you gotta do it. That's why my. You know, we'll do a makeup. <laughs> uh, we need you to do that at the next uh, show. Uh-uh. The next stand-up, we gotta do fire marshal Bill. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm requesting it. <laughs> Go ahead and put it out there. All right, I do. All right. Well, that's enough of Dr. King. I know he's enough. tough. We're tired of him. <laughs> we're tired of him for today. Nah, nah, we're just I'm, kidding. We, I'm gonna take I, off. I, I, <laughs> we could listen to you talk all day. We, I, I found your story interesting. I, I'm glad. I wouldn't mind reading one of your books. Yes. You didn't happen to bring one with you. I actually do, uh, but and not because I was gonna like, hey man, here's your my book, uh, but because I got, I, I just, I didn't want to leave him on my car in this neighborhood. Point taken. Point taken. No, I told, yeah. I was always gonna tell you to hurry up and run in the house. Don't take your time. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. That's right. But no, yeah, I got, uh, yeah, I got a couple in my bag actually. Let's see, cool. I was like, what is it like? A field guide to the North American Bloody Mary. Ah, uh, yeah, that's, that's my long other book. Title. That's my other book. Woo. Yeah, that's an interesting book, and that's a very <laughs> that, that's a that's a very specific audience book. So I I wrote this book. Uh, you know how I, I, I told you I travel a lot, right? Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> there was uh, there was one day a long time ago where uh, I was in Alaska, uh, and. And it was summer in Alaska. I don't know if you've ever been to Alaska, but the summertime, Dude. the sun never sets. What? And it is, because you're up so high north, uh, you know, in the winter, it, it never comes up. You know, there's no, it's like a perpetual darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the summer, it's perpetual sunlight. I uh, was in Anchorage at 2 a.m. Sun is wide out. It's like it's noon, <clears throat> uh, you know. And so you can't fall asleep. Nobody's getting tired. It's crazy. It's like everybody's walking around. People are mowing their grass at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning because it's like they're just awake, you know. Right. And, uh, and so I, uh, I was having a hard time uh, dealing with this, this, you know, this sunshine. So, and I'm driving my driving my car up to up through Alaska, and uh, and I, I just can't fall asleep. Yeah, I want to bad because I know I'm gonna be really tired. So I'm like pulling over and I'm trying to get some sleep or I'm trying to find a hotel and there's no hotels. You know, it's 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 a it's Alaska. They barely have anything. Uh, but so I ended up spending the entire night just driving, uh, wide awake in the sun. And, uh, and by 6 a.m., I'm like, well, that's it. That's my whole night. I guess I got, I guess I'm just going to be awake. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I rolled, I found this little small town. And I rolled into the first place that looked open that was serving like breakfast or something. I walked in, they were having a Bloody Mary special, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't drink Bloody Marys. I don't really, you know, but, you know, when, when in Alaska, do, you know, <laughs> do the Alaskan thing. And so they served me as Bloody Mary, and it had this big <laughs> stick of garnishes sticking out of it, and uh, like sausages and cheeses and things like that. And I was like, well, that's an interesting-looking drink. And so I took a picture of it. You know, Very first picture of a drink 
or food or anything that I ever posted to social media. You know, some people post pictures of food all the time. Mm -hmm. I thought that I used to be one of those guys that did jokes about that. You know, it's like, what makes these people think I want to look at their food? You know, you're making me hungry. Uh, I posted this picture. And it got more attention than anything I've ever done on social media <laughs> up until that point. Were you, know? you in the picture? Or no, just a, it's just a drink. Just, just, just a picture of a drink. Of drink. Okay. And people were like, wow, that looks great. Wow, that's amazing. I love Bloody Marys, blah, blah, blah. You know, like there's a whole... And so I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I, I sort of tapped into this weird uh, uh, subculture of people interested in Bloody Marys, you know? So I went to another place that had Bloody Marys. I noticed they had an interesting one. And so I was like, oh, let me take a picture of this one. Mm-hmm. You know? and, 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 and it just became something I started pursuing. And as I traveled, I would, take, I would find places with really interesting Bloody Marys and take pictures of them. And then I started a website called Bloody America, which was all about traveling the country and where you find the good bloodies and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then I decided I was going to take all this information, put it together in a book. And I made a guidebook. You know, it's the, the North American Guide to the Bloody Marys. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting how it happened, but there's like 400 Bloody Marys featured in this book uh, from every state uh, plus 10 provinces in Canada. Uh, there's uh, the descriptions of them all, where to get them, you know, mm-hmm. pictures that I took, you know, wow. little write-ups, little stories about people you meet when you travel. And I became tapped into this whole Bloody Mary culture. I was uh, invited to be a judge at Bloody Mary festivals. And, uh, <laughs> you know, which they had, yeah. All yeah. this from... <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wow. So I did, uh, I know, it's weird how things happen. That's why I always tell people, like, always be open to the possibilities. You know, like, yeah. I got invited to be a judge in New York at the Bloody Mary Festival. And then th- and that was the first Bloody Mary Festival thrown by this particular organization. And then they started, they were so successful that they threw another one in New York and I came back and then they started throwing them in other cities like San Francisco, New Orleans, uh, mm-hmm. Nashville, uh, Portland, you know, Minis- uh, Minneapolis and I'd go to all those and so I've been I've been a judge at like 20 different Bloody Mary festivals. You never know. You never know what's going to happen, what's going to hit, you know. The thing is to be, uh, to notice, to take notice. The last one I did was Atlanta. Uh, I did that uh, last month, actually. It was the Atlanta Bloody Mary Festival. And, uh, and now when I go, I judge the Bloody Marys because I, I serve as judge, but I also bring a stack of these books with me, sell them, sign them for people and stuff. You know? mm-hmm. so, but that book has a, a real limited audience. You know what I mean? It's like uh, there's the, the, if, you, if you took a Venn diagram and uh, one circle was like people who love Bloody Marys and another circle was like, People who like reading about Bloody Marys. There's not a lot of overlap. <laughs> There's not a lot of overlap between those two. I'll sell like 20 books at a at a festival, and that's a good day. Uh, but it's fun, you know. It's not that I it's not that I make anything off of or any kind of money. It's just fun. You know? And uh, I I can't even drink a Bloody Mary now. <laughs> I don't think I've only had maybe one in my yeah. life. I've but you know, my book, one. there are some places in Fayetteville listed because uh, I come to Fayetteville a lot. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never had one. Yeah. Cheddar's is like the only place I've ever had one. Yeah, I've never been to Cheddar's. Uh, it's, it's a, a, it's a so national okay. chain. And ever since they rebranded as the the Scratch Kitchen or whatever, I'm mm-hmm. like, ooh, that sounds interesting. But I've never been. Yeah, uh, it's like <laughs> a, a, a highbrow Applebee's. That's what I figure. Yeah. Yeah, all the other ones around here, Chili's, 
Applebee's, Ruby Tuesday, they're all the same. Yeah. This is the town of chain restaurants. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. Fay- Fayetteville. Yeah. If there's a chain anywhere in the United States, it's in Fayetteville. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. That, and that's, that's not a good thing. Yeah. It's tough. Independent restaurants have a hard time here. Yeah, you know, my favorite restaurant in town closed last year, and I was really disappointed to learn that. Which one was it? Uh, Memphis Barbecue. Uh, Did they yeah. close? They closed. Yeah. They closed, yeah. That, they had the um, the Krispy Kreme hamburger sandwich yes, out there. Yes, they did. I, yeah, that's like death in a sandwich. Wait, they must have closed right after we did the Ken Shamrock thing. Yeah, Really? Yeah, they, because they catered the oh, Ken wow. Shamrock event. Mm-hmm. Um, they were so good, though, and I was so disappointed. I looked them up online. They have an Atlanta uh, uh, location. And so after the Bloody Mary Festival this past month, we went to the one in, lo- in Atlanta. And I went in, and I was like, you guys got to reopen in Fayetteville, man. <laughs> and every time I go visit my parents, uh, you, I eat there, and now I got no place to eat. You know, I'm going to have to go to Cheddar's. <laughs> <laughs> you like seafood? I love seafood. You ever been to Straight Drop? Where? Straight Drop. Uh-uh. Oh, my gosh. Go. Speaking of that uh, yeah. that sandwich. Yeah. So I, I, I always saw it on the menu, oh, and I was yeah. like, I got to try this. Heart disease and diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sandwich. tell you. Uh, so I just showed them a picture of the donut uh, hamburger because I got one at the, my last visit at that barbecue joint. I'll tell you, uh, it's a, it's, it's, it makes for an interesting photo, but it's not really a good sandwich. I wouldn't put... A burger on a on a donut ever again. That's yeah. <laughs> not the way to do it. I'm trying to find a good Bloody Mary picture for you, so I can show you the kind of stupid stuff that I that I do. The thing that makes uh, the thing that made my career as a Bloody Mary uh, professional. <laughs> if, uh, if, I don't know what I don't know what else I could call I, I, it because I've never heard of it yeah. <laughs> until now. The thing that made the Bloody Mary thing possible is that uh, I, I think it had a lot to do with the rise of Instagram because uh, people would make these crazy Bloody Marys with like elaborate garnishes and stuff. And then uh, people would post them to Instagram and that would instantly make like a bar or restaurant kind of famous, you know, stuff like this, you know, like they would put like a, a Wait gar- a yeah, <laughs> you want to describe that to you? I'm looking at a Bloody Mary. And does it have a, it looks like a crucifix through a cheeseburger <laughs> on top burger. of the Bloody Mary. Right. Like, that's stuff like that. Okay, now I can see why people are enthused about seeing these Bloody Mary because I've right. So you can have a snack and a drink. See? So that's the kind of stuff that my book is all about. It's about, like, these, these crazy cool. Bloody Marys that you can get all sub? across the country. Yeah, it's is like that a shrimp? That's some shrimp hanging off there. Oh, that's a chicken and waffles. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a piece of chicken and a waffle on that. So I'll that's get a, hungry. I'm telling you, it's like it, it, it's just I'm this confused. weird culture. Yeah, there's another one that's a little bit uh, more elaborate. See, these are all I'm pulling a, a up shish kebab in a mason jar, like glass <laughs> yeah. with Bloody Mary on the inside. I'm pulling all these off my Instagram. Yeah, if anybody see, wants it's Dr. All Brian I was thinking King. about was just a regular. <laughs> yeah. Glass with Bloody Mary in, in well, a straw, if, maybe. If it was that, I mean, how are you going to write a book about this? That's why I was wondering. Yeah. I'm like, how is he writing a book? So that's the that's the reason. Book. That's the reason that the book is possible. Because like, do you take any other people are like, well, why don't you write a book about martinis? 
Well, martinis don't really change from place to place. You so, know what I mean? Uh, what, all like, over in a toothpick? Yeah, like like Bloody Marys, on the other hand, like people Man. personalize them. They make them different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's. I wish y'all could see these pictures. I'm looking you want to tell uh, me where they can find it? Instagram slash Dr. Brian King, or just at Dr. Brian King. Uh, you can, you I've, can. I've never seen pictures like this of a drink. Like, yeah. I've been a Sonics, and I have never seen a drink fancier than this. So the is the nerd drink, the nerds, that's the fanciest you're going to get? Definitely, yes. <laughs> so the, I had, I had to... Oreos and cream, Reese's. Yeah, I had to stop my Bloody Mary consumption. I had to stop my Bloody Mary consumption. It was killing me. So now... Oh, you want to see a picture of my baby with her first Bloody Mary? <laughs> Jeez, the That's, thing is bigger than hers. I know. She's she's about a month old in this picture, and this is in Minnesota. It looks like the size of a form. What a giant Bloody Mary. She couldn't even sit up. We had to prop her <laughs> next she's to the drink. She's so cute. <laughs> oh, thanks. I don't, I'm, that's why she's my number one thing I'm proud of. <laughs> you did good. Uh, yeah, she's a I, I, I know. I got the right girl pregnant. I think that's what it was, man. <laughs> I had, there was all these other chicks that could have been pregnant by me, but no, they, they would not have worked out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meiosis did you good. <laughs> that is funny. All right, we're going to go into the first story for the day. Nice. There was more fallout today from the biggest college admissions scam ever prosecuted. Actress Lori Loughlin was taken into custody in Los Angeles and just moments ago released on a million dollars bond. Lachlan and her husband are among dozens of parents accused of paying bribes and faking athletic resumes to get their kids into college. Lachlan and her husband, the fashion designer Massimo Giannulli, allegedly paid $500,000 in bribes to get their two daughters into USC. The money was funneled through this man, William Rick Singer. The payoff for me is knowing that these kids found the right place to go to school and they feel great about themselves. He promoted himself as a college life coach. The very wealthy sought him out to boost test scores and to bribe coaches to get slots on athletic teams for their non-athletic children. He called it a side door into some of the nation's most prestigious universities, including Yale, Georgetown, Stanford, UCLA, and USC. Lori Laughlin. You've heard of her before, before this controversy? <laughs> <laughs> yep, I have. I'll, I'll be honest, I, I, know, I know who she is because I looked up the story that you sent me. <laughs> <laughs> but I never would have, that's, that's not a name that I would have known. Yeah. I didn't Velveeta know her room. Name. The Velveeta Room, that's the place on 6th Street in Austin. Oh, that's the, <laughs> he remembers the comedy store. I'm like, Velveeta, I'm I just, <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought that was something you called her. So no, no, no. <laughs> It's funny. It's funny. Talking about her name just made me triggered something in my brain. It was the Velveeta Room in Austin that opened up. All right. Anyway, so yeah, Lori Laughlin. I know who she is, but only because I read the story. The name I never would have known. Yeah. No, y'all didn't watch uh, Full House like that. Yeah, I was never a fan. Uh, yeah, were you? Uh, Full House. Yeah. I love Full House. Did you? Mm-hmm. You know the theme song. I didn't know who. She, do I know the theme song? Yeah. Um. Ooh, that's crazy. Because yeah, I used whatever to Whatever happened to the Donald Oh, you see, yeah. I forgot that part. Yeah. <laughs> the Milkman. No, the Milkman. No, I was, I was never a fan of that and show. Evening TV. <laughs> <laughs> 
it took place in San Francisco, yeah. and there's a house uh, in San Francisco that was like the exterior <clears throat> shot, you know, like, of, and so that's supposedly where they lived. Yeah. And anytime I had visitors come to San Francisco, they'd always want to take us to the full house, you know, like yeah. really. It's just a, it's just a house. You know, it's, it's not, you know, yeah. nothing was filmed there or anything. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the exterior, you know. But everyone wants to see that. They want to see that, and they want to see the Mrs. Doubtfire house. Uh, you know, that's oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about that. Was yeah. in there. Well, she, yeah, she was on Aunt Becky. If I, I think that was her name, mm-hmm. Aunt Becky on the show. Yeah. And uh, she's been in a little trouble trying to <laughs> help her kid out, trying to get yeah. her kid in the best college possible. By uh, forging some documents, I think this. I think this whole scandal is so weird. Actually, to mm-hmm. be honest, I, I really do. Uh, for 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 forever, you know, rich people have been paying for their kids to go to college and and like yeah. and getting into colleges that they couldn't otherwise get into. You know, it, it used to be that the rich person would like make a donation to mm-hmm. to the school and say, "Hey, I'm gonna build you. A, I'm gonna, I'm gonna donate a bunch of money. You're gonna build a building, mm-hmm. and you let my kid into college." You yeah. know, I don't I don't understand this particular scandal because they were doing it in like a really like half ass way. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, here's a bunch of money. Pretend she was <coughs> on, on the crew team. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> like, I didn't know they were like copying, cutting, pasting like her face onto other athletes' yeah, faces yeah. and stuff like that. It's like, that. why is that necessary? Like, it's always been that rich people could pay money and, like, donate to the school and their kids get in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't understand that. It's a weird, it's a weird scandal. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's weird. So they didn't think Becky wasn't going to realize that wasn't her face? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with, with technology nowadays, I, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> They can they can make anybody look That's, real nowadays. So, that is true. You know, forging SAT scores and stuff. I mean, she was paying like a like a almost like an undercover agent to fix all this stuff. Yeah, her Felicity Huffman. It's nah. just it's weird because it seems so unnecessary. You're already rich, right. <laughs> you know. Like yeah. you could get your kid into any college, you know. Or homeschool them. Yeah, yeah. Or just buy the degree. Yeah, I mean, who cares? You know, I mean, go, you're rich. Go what, you're rich. What do you need the degree for anyway? <laughs> you're you're rich. Uh, you, uh, know, you, know? you you go to get a degree to get a better job to make better money. Right. You know, like, no, you're good. And start them a business and yeah. call it a day. Just have, buy them a few hotels. <laughs> let them sit off of that. You know, like yeah. uh, right. it, it. It really. It's it's hard for me to even. It makes sense out of this scandal. I mean, it, and of course, you know, is is there that much pressure among the wealthy? You know, to, to I don't know. It's just bizarre. These are two. Lori Loughlin's like a famous person, but the rest of the people that were in that scandal were just like they're not famous, but they're yeah, rich. Like they're you know? forty-seven or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. It's just crazy to me. Well, what how, what do you tell your daughter then? Like, what are you teaching <laughs> your daughter? Like, hey, you can't cheat life, but. In this instance, you can't cheat life. Yeah. We're going to get you into the best college. A daughter does not seem. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I feel bad even talking bad about the daughter, but she didn't seem very uh, bright. You yeah. Know? But a lot of her comments, uh, she didn't like. She wanted right. to go to that school. She said basically she was. I think she put in some Instagram posts or in Facebook or something like that she just wanted to go to the school to go to the parties and the football right, games right. and stuff. So. You could go to those parties without being a student. Right. <laughs> you know, just hang yeah. around yeah. campus. Yeah. yeah. Get a friend that's yeah. on campus. <laughs> uh, exactly. Just tell just, them that I mean, you're... we're talking, we're, yeah. no, we're not talking about Yale or Harvard. We're talking yeah. about USC. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like a Southern California. That's, 
I it's 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 strange to me. And also too, to to you know, to the point like if all you want to do is party, then just party. Uh, why fake all these uh, things to get a degree? You get that degree, and then you go out into the workforce with that degree. I mean, yeah. people are going to realize right away that you don't right. know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, oh yeah, my mom paid for my my to me to get this degree in psychology. Now I'm gonna go try to get a job as a psychologist. <laughs> you know? yeah, like, oh, that's like can me. you imagine that? Yeah. Though? She go, she gets this degree, and she has to go help someone not. I don't know. Be a doctor. Be on drugs. Or be a doctor. Could you imagine me getting... I'm going to just... Let me get this degree so I can be a doctor. What I, what, I think would be, what I think it would be even crazier is if she got out of college and be like, yeah, I was on the crew team. Let me join you. Let me go to the Olympics. <laughs> and kill herself. You know? She's going to try. <laughs> I mean, she's not going to try that. That's the thing. Like, She knows her skills. Yeah. She knows her knowledge. She's not going to do that. So what's the what's the value of having this degree? Yeah. You know? She's going to be, gonna be like a, probably a social media... Yeah. Um, celebrity or something like that, or maybe try to get into acting yeah. like a mom, which you don't a, need a degree right. for. Yeah, you don't even need talent, man. Just be a Kardashian. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. You get a lip gloss. Is she not attractive? Is that the thing? Is that is Lori Loughlin's daughter kind of ugly? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like that could be the reason. It's like, well, let's see. My, my kids, my kids dumb system. and not attractive. Uh, the prospects are slim. <laughs> Well, but for, even a degree not going to help. That's true. <laughs> it worked for Paris Hilton. Oh, so Paris I mean. Hilton has milked it, man. She's the original. I mean, she was an Instagram model before Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. She, she really, she really knew how to work public perception, mm-hmm. and, and that's and I, I, yeah, she's. People complain, oh, Paris doesn't deserve to be famous. No, she does. Uh, she worked yeah. hard. Uh, you know, I mean, she didn't in uh, a celebrity sense. She yeah. She didn't. Uh, she didn't put her, like she started with an advantage, but she used that advantage to her maximum potential. You know, and yeah. that's the thing. That's a yeah. This girl has an advantage. She's starting off rich, and uh, and she's got a famous mom. I don't get it. Well, hell, don't. being ugly don't even. That's not even an excuse either. Because that's true. Look what happened to uh, Kylie Jenner. Mm-hmm. She had all that surgery like at seventeen and sixteen to fix herself. And now, I think that's the right one. Now she's the youngest billionaire or yeah, something like yeah. that. A yeah, self, I, self-made billionaire, I she really, calls herself. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I really have no... I cannot understand this scandal. Yeah. You know, like, it, 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 you know, either from the perspective of, like, why didn't you just send her to some school, make a donation, or, like, why, why would you care about this in the first place? You know, it's yeah. like, and if they got to go to jail, well, then they got to go to jail. Because they, as somebody who worked damn hard for his education and paid for it you know uh i mean i what they did is not fair i just don't understand why like yeah. i don't know what you know what would motivate that that's weird it makes no sense it doesn't you think she should go to jail for a long time like, i don't I mean, know i'm hearing like six years or See, it, like it, that it, sounds it, like a long time well, well, buy her way out. it depends on uh on on the level of damage done to society you know and yeah. then we don't feel like we weren't personally affected by it yeah but our systems were you know and like uh people who did not get into college because of her you know though they were yeah. their lives were permanently affected yeah. you know so there are there there are ramifications you know and it's up to the judge to figure out how to how to measure that you know like she's she's got a debt to society you know and who knows what it'll be you know That's to your crazy. to your point what you were saying earlier like why didn't she just make a donation this is where uh, Dr. Dre kind of got in trouble with see Dr. Dre came out 
And he's not a real doctor. So he's not like you. <laughs> he came out and, and said, well, see, my daughter got in because of good grades. I'm proud of my daughter. And he was, after the scandal happened, so he was almost like bragging. Uh-huh. But then he forgot, five years ago, he made like a $50 million donation to USC. And so he had he instantly took all his posts down, like, oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, now yeah. I look bad now saying this. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's funny how you, how do you forget $50 million? Hey, I, that's how rich he is. I wish I had, the, I, I can't remember when I, I, I can't forget donating 50 bucks. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I, I, I get mad that's if I right lose on. $50. I'm still mad the other day, my brother uh, borrowed 10 bucks from me, he hadn't given me back yet. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> Yeah, somebody owed me about twenty one dollars from cutting their grass. See, that wasn't me. That's that's a, you got, that is a good position to be in when you can forget a fifty million dollar donation. Right, <laughs> it really is. That's a great. Position. Yeah. <laughs> did you lose your fifty million dollars again, Dre? Dang, I sure did, man. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll make I'll make it back tomorrow. Dre may not be a real doctor, but he's yeah he, he's he's lived a smarter life than most of us. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Love him. So what would you do? Would you you think she deserves six years, five years? She don't think she the people from all the reports I'm hearing, she don't think she's going to prison. I guess she probably thinks she can pay her way off. Which <laughs> yeah. she probably which, does. Which I wouldn't be surprised. She could probably well, make a if donation. They could, if they, you know, oh, I, he, he was oh no, me. no, you're fine. I was just saying if they could, uh, if they could figure out like 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 if if there was anybody that didn't get to go to college because of her, right. Uh, then make her pay them, pay for their pay college. For their college. I, like that. I like that idea better. Because yeah. what is prison going to do for her? Right, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Is she, what, what lesson could she possibly learn? No. <laughs> she got more kids, she don't cheat to get in college? She's, uh, <laughs> she's yeah. going to figure out a way to get a phone in prison and just do a bunch of selfies and vi- it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> Instagram Get a new jail yeah. line of clothes That's right. going. That's right. <laughs> People are going to say, how in the world are you putting up Instagram posts in prison? I think that's a good idea. Yeah. If there was anybody affected, they sh- she should have to pay their tuition and everything. Yeah, because, definitely. Um, I mean, the purpose of prison, for the most part, is probably rehabilitation and then paying your debt to society. But you can't really do that. Right. You know, yeah, she's not going to be rehabilitated. Yeah. There's no, there's no rehabilitation, but she can at least pay her debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of debt, though. Probably not speaking of that, but <laughs> or speaking of schools is mm-hmm. a good segue. Uh, the story about analog clocks being taken out of schools because kids nowadays can't read them. These parents for those bitch ass parents don't teach their kids how to tell time. Yeah, no, that, that's that's ridiculous. Uh, just teach them how to read a clock. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's really not hard. I mean, it's got yeah. numbers on it, right? I'll play the story for you. Let's take a look at the story right quick before we talk about it. Some schools in the UK are taking out these clocks, these analog clocks, because apparently the kids there in school do not know how to read them. The schools have decided to replace those old clocks with the digital ones. Or you can teach kids to read the clocks. Right, but you know, what's (laughs) the point though? (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, you, you rarely see those clocks anywhere. There's one right over there. I mean, right, but right? I mean, you have it on your phone, Ish. you have it everywhere. That digital. clock's wrong. That's a sad. 
This is really sad. It is. It is. And I, I could I could see the argument that, you know, we, we just don't use analog clocks anymore. Yeah. So why uh, you know, why keep teaching this thing? Shit. You got yeah, you got one hanging up there. <laughs> I, I got Roman numerals yeah. on my clock. But the uh, but the thing is is that uh, you know, how many of us actually uh, write uh, you know, using uh, pen and paper, you know? We don't do that very often. Yeah. We we type. Uh, you know, so you're gonna quit teaching kids how to write. You know, you, uh, you know, you're gonna quit teaching them math because they use a calculator. You know, you have to have basic skills, right. you know, to move on, even if those skills are, are becoming obsolete. You know, I always talk about, you know, what happens if uh, when the electricity goes off and all the digital displays are turned off, mm-hmm. but you still got that clock running because of the, you know, it's got a battery in it. You know, chaos. That's yeah. what's gonna happen here. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, God, you, we don't have electronics. Yeah, trying to trying to take a, a skill away from kids like that is just is just ridiculous. You know, you know what's that? You know how here if someone speaks two languages, we think they're just, or especially more languages than that. If they speak two, we think they're really intelligent. Mm-hmm. Now it's gonna get to the point where uh, you can read an analog clock. <laughs> right. <laughs> what school did you go to? USC. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my mom got me on the crew team. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, these are I, I, I can see the argument that these are skills that aren't very necessary in our modern life, but uh, well, so they are well, built on. Neither is algebra. Yeah, yeah. Still- <laughs> exactly. I mean, you got computer programs to do the algebra for you. Yeah. Right? But we still need those skills uh, as you know as a foundation. You know, it's it's just uh, to I don't. Were they talking about like just not teaching it or just taking the clocks out of the classroom? Taking the clocks out. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if the, which would I mean. If you learn it in, I, I don't know what grade I learned, read clock in what, first grade or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you don't see them again, then you're probably eventually going to forget, forget about it. it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, same. That's yeah. just sad. Same thing with cursive, too. They take they do cursive they a, lot, a lot of schools. That's now. what I've heard. That, that some schools don't teach it. And, uh, yeah. I don't I, write cursive. You know, I, 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 you know what I do? I do that all caps writing uh which is yeah. just, <laughs> screaming all the time <laughs> i don't know why i do that i just started doing that somewhere when i was in high school or and then i just that's that's how i write you your, know your publishers think you're like why are you so angry <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, oh no type in i know how to appropriately capitalize because microsoft word does it for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now i'm just left-handed so it just looks like it's cursive <laughs> it's all scrap yeah right. <laughs> i have a beautiful handwriting there you go Excellent. I just I, I don't understand why. Um, I mean, this is it's going to be looked at as extracurriculum uh, yeah. type stuff to learn how to write in cursive, analog writing, and then if you add Spanish to it, that's ooh boy, you're just a genius. So on that note, though, think about this. All right, on if you look at a at an iPhone or any phone really, mm-hmm. the icons <clears throat> on it are all represent uh, dated technology, right? Mm-hmm. The icon for the clock. Is is like an analog yeah, uh, right. uh, yeah. picture, you know. Yeah. It's like, so how's a kid gonna know what that picture means? You right. know what I mean, it's like what the uh, the icon for email uh, is an envelope, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Mail, yeah. Yeah, the icon for your voicemail is like a recording, you know, reel to reel tape. The, the yeah. Cassette tape. Yeah, these icons mean nothing. Oh, yeah. Uh, to, well, they definitely don't know what a tape yeah. is nowadays. Like, when you take a picture with your with your phone or with your, your yeah, yeah. cameras Good. it makes a fake sound uh to, to <laughs> right you know to, to sound like old cameras you yeah. know? or even looking like an old camera nowadays yeah. people just use their phones now exactly to take yeah. a picture 
So I mean, we can't, you know, we can't not teach them how to to read a clock just because they don't encounter a whole lot of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think we all agree on that. These uh, these, these people in the school need to listen to this podcast. Well, we're, <laughs> <laughs> if we put it on cassette tape, they will never listen to it. Was well, I mean, it's already kind of bad anyway. Before stuff like this even came about, other schools in other countries are learning way more than. You know, we're we're having a hard time just learning English. And there <laughs> other countries are learning five, six, right. seven languages fluently, and we can't even speak one. That's right. Yeah. I have a hard time with it myself. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> can't even get an order at McDonald's right to speak it fluently. <laughs> I was going to speak seven languages. You know, I thought a scone was a sconce. You thought what now? A scone was a sconce. A I sconce? didn't know. Nice. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... My boss put all these little pastries in it. <laughs> and I'm probably still going to get them mixed up because uh-huh. I still don't know the difference. And I was like, oh, um, you got some scones. So she was like, no. <laughs> that goes on the wall. I was like, oh, shit. It's for the candles. You know what's, you know what's funny you is that I don't, even, I don't even know what a sconce is. <laughs> <laughs> I know what a scone is. It's that nasty, uh, you know, pastry. But, yeah. like, the scones are not good. Why does anybody buy those things? But I have no idea what a sconce is, which is... Uh, like, <laughs> so that's how, that's how ignorant I am. <laughs> That's because they took scone sconce learning out of school. Yeah, see? If it was still in school. (laughs) If I, it was, I never, never once in school did I learn about the difference between a scone and a sconce. (laughs) Me (laughs) either. So I don't feel bad. Yeah, you teach that in third grade, but then they were like, well, no one's using it anymore. (laughs) No one's using these things. The aristocrats were eating scones, but they're not around anymore. So what is a sconce? It's like on a wall? It's like a, a, you know, the oldie. Lighting candle things on the wall. Uh, yeah, like a candle so, holder? Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. See, man. It's a fancy oh, candy yeah. holder. Fancy candle. <laughs> put, a, put a scone on a sconce. Yeah. Is, is, that, a, is that a proper sentence? Well, a, I, yeah, I guess yeah, it yeah. would be in the food porn world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make, a, make a book about scones all across the country. <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. Or you could put one of those scones on a sconce on a Bloody Mary. There you go. Ooh. There you go. We do that too. But them things is hard, the little pastry thing. Yeah, that's why I don't I don't get it. It's like a it's like a brick, you know, <laughs> with some cranberries in it. You, you know? can't, <laughs> eat, like, can't have four Steve and eat those, that's for sure. Yeah. You know? We see you think with with all this technology we got now, I don't know, is 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 it because of the wealth of technology and because it's so easy, we should be like the smartest people in the world. Yeah, no, we, I think we're just getting dumber. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that's yeah. that's the thing. I don't know why that is, because there's countries that still read out of paperback books, mm-hmm. you know, or just having people teach them from you know word of mouth, and they're just, they're just so smart. And it's like, what is our excuse? Yeah. We have too many things distracting us, you know, like too I, many Instagram posts. You know, honestly, I just oh, oh okay, that's that's a sconce. Wow. <laughs> How do you okay? How how do you know about that? First of all, do you have those in your home? <laughs> I do a lot of creepy stuff. <laughs> Did you have scones? That's it? like that's like something that would hang in like a vampire's castle. Yeah, <laughs> that's how my room looks. There you go. <laughs> Naji absconded it with a scone. Naji's goth. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh. This is, 
I don't know. I just find it weird that you know, we just got so much technology. We got so many ways to learn things. And we're just so behind on everything. Yeah. Analog clock should be the least of our worries. Yeah. No, instead of cutting stuff out, we should be enriching our lives, learning more. Right. Um, there's a lot to know. And it's, it's a, and we live in a really uh, privileged era of history. You know, we really do. I mean, every, every generation is like at the top of the game as far as history is concerned. But right now... We have access to so much, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that we that just was un, inconceivable, you know, oh, yeah. that, 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 yeah. you know, in the past. I mean, yeah, we that we should just just learn it all. You know, that's how I felt in college. That's why it took me six years to get a crappy degree. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get a crappy degree myself. There you go. <laughs> it's probably going to take me much longer. I'm not going to start. Yeah, I I always recommend I always recommend you know you're better off just getting a job. <laughs> yeah, really. And then uh-huh. you go into what you love doing the best. Yeah, maybe comedy. Comedy. That's 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 where it is. I'm gonna go to comedy college. That's what I'm gonna do. Comedy college is fun. The, uh, yeah, I don't think there's, uh, there's I don't know if there's any near near here, but uh, it's fun. Maybe in maybe in Raleigh. I don't know. Only thing I know in Raleigh, there's a, a thing called writers. Uh, and they, they teach you how to format jokes and stuff like that. Uh, I think you have to. I don't think it's a college though. I think mm-hmm. it's just you know just a class or whatever. Oh, yeah, this college was like this guy's basement. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. so you should get one going. Yeah, that's that's, that's no, it was scary. actually a real college. I actually uh, I I have thought about teaching uh, comedy. Uh, you should. Yeah, I, I just I, don't I'll know. Come. I, if if you will, I will I will do it. I uh, will. All right. I just don't know, uh, you know, like when and where and how, you know, like those the logistics. But I've thought about it. I even went back to that college and said, you know, hey, uh, I've been doing comedy now for 10 years. Plus, I'm kind of like a teacher. Uh, <laughs> you know, would you like to have me? And they were like, no, we're good. <laughs> oh, well, if you make a donation, we'll. <laughs> That's right. What if, I, what if I get on your crew team? <laughs> like, well, I don't know if we can put your head on someone's body or not. I don't know if that's going to be believable or not. Don't well, worry, I got to do it actually, coming up. We actually did schedule an appointment, but all the clocks were in analog, so nobody could read it. <laughs> Damn, does anybody know what time this is? Just, he was like, what is that? Was that an eye? It's like, it's like uh, 90, de- 90 degree angle time. That's all I know. <laughs> so it's 90 o'clock? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Half past 45 degrees? Half past 45 degrees. My kids no, no, know how to tell time. You. Both ways. So I think it's more of just them being lazy. Just mm-hmm. one more thing that they don't want to have to make the little yeah. ass clocks and yeah. have to deal with all of that. Especially kids that's not good with making twos and fives. <laughs> in that in that video, too, she did seem to seem like, like they were doing it to reduce stress on the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, oh that's. Yeah, you know, we're, we 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 keep reducing stress in children. We're gonna raise adults that don't know how to handle things. We'll you, know, see. you know, which is a great segue to my new book called "The Art of Taking It Easy." <laughs> <laughs> nice. <See? laughs> That's what's wrong with I think a lot of today's generation now is because they don't know how to fail. Yeah, you know yeah. when they actually do fail in something. It's like was, yeah, yeah. When, when I was telling you earlier, when you they do fail at something, it becomes finite. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that's it. I can't do it because they've never experienced. They, they don't up. know how to pick themselves up. Yeah, and the psychological term for that is resilience. Uh, is the ability to 
uh, to, to, to bounce back after a defeat or, a, or recover after some adverse event, you know. And that's really what I talk about in the, in the new book is all about how to become more resilient, how to not let things bother you so much, you know, how to take it easy, right. uh, you know, is, is the, to throw the title back out. I'm <laughs> By the way, you guys are the first media outlet that I've, I've plugged my new book on. Uh, so... Your uh, listeners, well, I, can't, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, because well, uh, it's not out yet, so I haven't really been promoting it, and I only finalized the title uh-huh. last week. Uh, so, uh, yeah, your your listeners, uh, in addition to my Facebook fans, uh, your listeners are the first people to hear the oh, title yay. of my new book. Good, yeah, good. the art of taking it easy. Mm. Y'all hear that? Let's get this. Scooped. The art of taking it easy. How, where can they find that too, by the way? Can they it's get not this? out yet. I mean, when, it, when, it, when it comes out, it'll be on in every bookstore. Okay. Uh, okay. And it'll be online. You put you it know, on Amazon? Yeah. The thing about, you know, it's uh, the book industry sucks right now. Unless you're writing stories about uh, teenage vampires or wizards, you know. Like She'd I, be into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, ooh, I read that. Spouse talks. It's uh, it's tough. Uh, you know, my book is available all over, but most sales come from Amazon. Uh, you know, mm. and Amazon sells everything real cheap. Uh, which mm. I don't, I don't blame people. Buy it on Amazon, save a little money, but just know that the artist doesn't get that much, you know, royalty from Amazon sales. Mm. You know, because okay. uh, they, you know, I get more money when you buy directly from me, but not everybody's gonna see me. Uh, I get the I get but uh, bookstores when you buy it off the shelf in a bookstore, mm-hmm. you actually get more money to the artist that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, because and those stores are dying, you know, because Amazon's undercutting it. And I don't, you know, it's, it's killing it's, a lot of stores. It's progress, yeah. you know, it's what it is. I'm not complaining, but uh, you know, it's harder to be uh, to make a living as an author nowadays than it used to be. You know, Dang, I, I actually thought it would be easier now yeah. because I didn't know they, they weren't making Yeah, more orders. people are buying the book, but you get a smaller percentage. You mm. know? Like my book, just an example, re- retails for $24.99. Uh, when, when they sell it from a store, usually they sell it for $24.99, which yeah. means that my, my, my publisher gets a, a, a nice chunk of, of, of royalty, which means I get a nice percentage, you know. Mm. Amazon uh, sells it just slightly above margin. In fact, last time I checked, they were selling it for like fifteen bucks, which means my publisher gets like nothing, which means I get less than nothing. Uh, you know, so it's just the way. It's just the industry. You know? yeah, it's just the industry. It's, I'm not complaining. It's just how it is. Uh, you know, so if you're listening, chances are pretty good you're not talking to me in person, which means that feel free to buy my book in any way you can. Uh, you know. <laughs> But if you ever see me at a show or something like that, buy my book from me in person. You know, buy anytime, and that's true for any artist. You know, anytime an artist has a CD or a book or something like that, buy it directly from them. Uh, you know, instead of like, yeah, I'm gonna buy your CD later on when I get home. I'm gonna download no. it. On, you, know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just that that's you know, if you want to if you want to help support artists, that's how you, you get it directly from them. You know, like musicians, you know, I mean, it, you know, they're in the same, same, uh, same problem. You know, it's like, if you didn't, if you didn't get famous before, like 10 years ago, uh, it's really, it's a struggle, uh, you know. <laughs> I was wondering how uh, a lot of musicians even make money nowadays yeah. because, um, well, now it's just, people can just download their music for free. Right, right. You know, and I don't know how they were to get paid off of it. From what I understand, a lot of them just get paid off of touring. Yeah. YouTube playlists. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. And they do, uh, if they're successful, they do well, but they don't do as well as they used to. I mean, that's why Metallica was all complaining. You 
know. Yeah. Bunch of millionaires complaining that they're only making hundred thousand dollars instead of you know. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of hard to feel sorry for them, but it wasn't really them that you feel sorry for. It's the people after them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's easier, from what I understand, it's easier to get your name out there. Yeah. But it's still hard to, you know, make that type of money that people made in right. the 90s and 80s and stuff like that. That's why I always tell people, I say, look, you know, I, I, I appreciate because I'm, uh, you know, I'm broke as hell. I appreciate you don't want to <laughs> spend a lot of money. So buy it on Amazon if cost is an issue. But if it's not, if you can, if you can afford a little bit more, buy it from another store. You know, that's why I always tell people, you know. The art of taking it easy. I can't wait till that book comes out. Me neither. <laughs> I'm excited to I read really it. I can't. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> and I'll go to the store to get it. There you go. Or you just, <laughs> we, well, we're, we're Facebook friends. You can just buy it straight from me. You know, okay. Just, just shoot me so, a message. So, okay. So, you have, do you have a website? I do. I got a website. People contact me through my web. Uh, my website is, is, you know, like a lot of people's websites, it's neglected because a lot of us focus so much on social media, yeah. you know? So uh, best way thing is just to hit me up through social media like Facebook and okay. Instagram and YouTube and that kind of stuff. But I try to update my website all the time. But it's like since since fewer people go to websites nowadays, mm-hmm. it's it's not really a priority. You know, it's yeah. uh, most you know it's usually uh, well I got to update something. I might as well post to Facebook or YouTube or something. You know, mm-hmm. but, they, but they can buy. Can they buy your book? On buy it for me. Okay. Yeah. Buy okay. for, yeah. Buy it for what me. you got cash yet? What's up? You I got, got I got uh, what, what I use? I use Square for credit cards. Square, yeah. okay. But I use uh, you know what uh, you know what also this is something I do that I, that nobody has done this yet, but on Amazon you I can you can list that you, like you know have there's a product on Amazon and it says like do you have one to sell you know and and you could sell you can products through Amazon yeah so on my books listing on Amazon I've listed that I have copies of my book to sell. <laughs> So, I like it. Oh, why not? You know, it's yeah, it's yeah. like it's like, hey, you know, not only will you buy it from me, but I'll also that, autograph it for you. You smart. know, it's like so. <laughs> so you go to Amazon, you look up my like the Laughing Cure. There's actually one of the sellers of the Laughing Cure is me. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll sell it. It's, if I'll sell it to you through Amazon. You, you put like your own description, like yeah, this is actually me. This is yeah. Brian King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is, and not a single person has bought it that way. <laughs> <laughs> they probably want to check it out. Like this is not him. Yeah, this they're like. <laughs> Like this is some guy, some some faker. No, it's me. <laughs> it's Devin Kingdom. That's right. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's go into let's go into the last story for the day. Right, good. This is the one I, I thought was the mo- uh, like, like really interesting. You know, like, <laughs> now, did you get to uh, look on this one? I know you said no. no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, imagine this, Nigel. She was walking. <laughs> imagine this, Nigel. Uh, nursery rhyme, gingerbread man. Mm-hmm. Run, run as fast as you can if you want to catch a gingerbread man. Mm-hmm. Now that's offensive to people because they want a gender neutral gingerbread man. Now it's probably a gingerbread person. This person was making gingerbread man cookies. People found this offensive that it was labeled as a man. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got the whole story here. Come on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, to appease these people that are complaining about this, it's going to make it be a gingerbread person now. What the hell is going on? Oh, yeah, I'll show you. You want to watch it? 
Yeah, we're gonna show you the story. Cause this is crazy right here. Just got some breaking news. Uh, gingerbread men have been banned at the Scottish Parliament in a bid to reduce sexism. This is not a spoof. The tasty treats have been replaced by gingerbread persons amid fears that the traditional name might cause offence. Scottish Parliament's coffee shop made the change as part of a drive at Holyrood to cut out sexism. So there we have it. There we have it. The answer to sexism is to ban gingerbread men. Here's normally, my question. Normally, Here's... I argue with you about everything. Yeah. In fact, whatever you think about something, mm. I usually use as a reason to you do, the yeah. opposite. But on this, I say choose better battles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the world we live in is... It's crazy. People are offended now because we can't even put a gender on a cookie. A uh, cookie. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm protesting then. <laughs> uh, no more gingerbread houses since they don't have gingerbread projects, goddammit. <laughs> That's right. Gingerbread houses always look pretty nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Where's the pissy elevators? Yeah. Where's, where's the low-income housing for the gingerbread people? Right. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's just dumb. Uh, a gingerbread <laughs> person is not shaped. Technically, though, I guess you could argue that he's not, you know, there's no penis. It's a bush gingerbread. It could be a hermaphrodite or <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, there we you go. Know, it could be anything. No, it's a, it's a, who cares? It's a gingerbread man. That's just such a ridiculous just, thing. Right. It you really know what is. I think is per the person probably ate from the bottom up. So they yeah. feel like they ate the penis face. Oh, God, no, I can't eat these things. Uh, you don't want I to just gay. turned gay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I just sucked it up. Hey, and I liked it. <laughs> you eat, a, you eat a, a, a cookie penis and you're you're gay. <laughs> I mean, you eat the cookie, it's supposed to mean something else. It's not supposed to mean a gingerbread man penis is in your mouth. This, this PC stuff is just out of control. But you know what? Uh, what's interesting about that story is that, uh, so the baker... Uh, made this gingerbread person mm -hmm. and there was backlash people yeah. were like no it's a gingerbread man so i feel like that's at least that's positive yeah that it wasn't surprise. it wasn't the other way around yeah. where people were protesting her and said no yeah. don't call it a gingerbread man call it a, you know what i mean mm -hmm. like they were they wanted it to be called a gingerbread man you mm -hmm. know but she felt like she needed to to censor it somehow yeah. Um, I think they were mad mostly because they didn't know how to rhyme gingerbread person. <laughs> yeah. What rhymes with person? Run, run really? as fast as you can if you want to catch the gingerbread person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't quite run well. It doesn't work. Yeah. No, you it's guys too many said, syllables. And if you really want to get... Run, an excursion if you want to catch the gingerbread yeah. person. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, yeah. That's a rhymer right there. They're not right. learning well, how to read uh, clocks you... and something <laughs> that word. She did rap the other night, so it <laughs> doesn't surprise me. <laughs> too much vocabulary eh? <laughs> but they uh, yeah no it, that's that's it's ridiculous i mean you could if you wanted to make like a mr and mrs gingerbread uh you know you could do that you know right. puts, i better see some boobs on my gingerbread woman though right. I better, you know Titties. gotta put some reese's you know or some nipples. Percy's kisses or something oh no that's and no, that's too sexy now yeah. <laughs> Well, put raisins on it. Then it's put not. There's not as sexy. Put you a have little raisins on it. <laughs> you have a icing, uh, icing bikini top on her. You know, you gotta cover that up. <laughs> you put nipples on that. That just reminds me of the Batman with Val Kilmer. <laughs> that was offensive to me. You're wearing a Batman shirt too. I knew I, you. I, I knew you're gonna bring up Batman at some point. I knew. I didn't it. even realize it. I, oh, this. I didn't even know I had it on. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, the Val, the Val Kilmer nipples. That's probably uh, that and uh, Janet Jackson. Probably the most famous nipples 
uh, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one was offensive and one was not so offensive. <laughs> and one was shown for like an hour and a half and the other one was shown for like a second and an a half. Hour, an hour and a half of nipple. You know what we're talking about, yeah, right? Because yeah. it's kind of a nerdy <laughs> thing. Uh, that's what I'm saying. You're not a nerd. You're seriously cooler than we are. Uh, <laughs> you I have could, no idea. You just, you just came up with a rhyme for person, all right? <laughs> That's what I do, though. That's what I do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, uh, it's 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 stupid uh, that we, uh, we should ascribe gender to a cookie, first of all. Uh, and you know why a man? You know, you know the phrase "mankind" refers to all people. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not just men and women. No, don't uh, say it because you go. They gonna change the word. Yeah, are don't they say mankind? <laughs> well, they were, oh. Really? Take man, you know, I've heard some of us want to take man out of one man and like, really? oh, just take that out. So I just call it whoa. whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Hey, whoa. Hey, whoa. Whoa is one letter from ho. I know they don't want oh. that. Right, right. They, they don't, they don't want, I know they want, don't want that coming. You know, whoa, ho. No. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Snow White and Seven Dwarfs song. <laughs> whoa, ho, yeah. whoa. It's off to uh, school we go <laughs> to not like book clocks. I don't know. All right, I'm, and I'm, eat some scones. Oh, ho. <laughs> whoa, ho, whoa, ho, whoa, ho. Hopefully all Kelly is not waiting at the oh, oh, He's at the bus stop. Make <laughs> some gingerbread scones. I saw someone else called it. It's supposed to be a ginger persons too i'm like i yeah. think the ginger people community is going to take offense to that too. That's right. so they're going to call right. it gingerbread just ginger so, person yeah so hey wait a minute we're gingers and we and we uh, uh don't you know we're offended by calling it ginger we, <laughs> yeah, we have the name ginger. first yeah you know you guys really have no soul to even do something like it's this. it you know it's it, this living in this in this age where people think they're gonna offend people all the time and and then it, <laughs> it, it's just it's just terrible uh you know and, and like this this baker who felt like you know she had to change the name of the product because she didn't want to offend people. That's just it's just awful that you feel that way. Right. You know, it really is. It's like, and it's awful that people uh, have made you feel that way uh, because of their reactions online and and just uh, it's just it's one of the worst things about all the technology that yeah. we have available to us. Yeah, it? you know, it you, really. Everyone is. has a voice. They should yeah. have a voice, and that's yeah. sad to say because everybody should have a voice. But some people are just trolling. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, it? well, let me ask you both this question. The age we live in now, where it seems like everything is like too politically correct, as comedians, how do you feel about that? Uh, have you have you ever dealt with an audience that is like, oh man, this uh, these jokes are not going to run over well, mm-hmm. or I feel like these jokes are not going to run over well because I don't know how they're going to take them. They might protest and burn my house down. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Uh, there's uh, I whenever you bomb, uh, you know, whenever a joke doesn't go well. Uh, you have no idea why. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of the comedians who complain about you know the audience is too politically correct. You know, they didn't get my material. I think your material sucked. Uh, you know, I think I think you just failed to connect with that mm-hmm. audience. And uh, a good, that particular audience. Yeah, yeah, like you know, a good example of this is uh, Seinfeld. Like Seinfeld. Yeah, okay, good point. Seinfeld's been very vocal about political correct mm-hmm. uh, college audiences, yeah. and there's a couple of YouTube clips of him saying, "I'll never work colleges before mm-hmm. again because they're just too PC." And then he gives a demonstration of the joke that he was telling that got him all PC. He was, and 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 I'm not going to tell it like he told it, but he said that. Uh, you know, he, he talks about how people are on their phones all the time and that their friends are really important to them. And he says, well, you don't, they don't seem very important the way you're scrolling through them like a gay king, you know. 
Now he, uh, okay, so yeah, I, <laughs> that's a bad joke, yeah, though. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like that's like that a one. gay king. What are you talking about? So and <clears throat> and to hear Seinfeld on uh, on Fallon and on these other shows, he's telling the story. Yeah, and Fallon, of course, is laughing like, "Oh, that's a good joke." Well, whatever. But the reality is, is that's not a good joke. Uh, what is a like gay king, and why is he why is he gay? What's what's gay about swiping going through a phone? You know, yeah, like there's right. nothing yeah. gay about that. It's not political correctness that made the audience not laugh at you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's the fact that they didn't really understand the joke. Yeah. You know, yeah. Comics will uh, latch on to any reason for a joke to bomb. Oh, that audience just didn't get me. Uh, they were too young. They were too old. They were too like in the hipster comedy. They were too uh, whatever. They were too. They wanted me to get raunchy or dirty. Uh, the reality is, you just weren't funny, you know. And 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 it's easy to blame PC because everybody's talking about it, and it is a real issue. Yeah. But I don't really think it's that big of an issue in comedy. Yeah. You know, if you're funny, you're funny. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a very PC comic. You yeah. know, I'll make no, I'll make no. references to like race and sex and stuff like that. Yeah. And and I make references to race where a lot of white people don't. You know, a lot of white people are afraid because it's PC. Yeah. It's not PC, but fuck it, race is funny. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I do it all the time. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, the, we, we get away with that. The white that's just it. That's just it. The white PC uh, comedians feel like you know black people are the only people that have like you got. <laughs> You got to pass to make race jokes. Like, why can't we all make race jokes? Right. You know, right. and we can. Yeah, exactly. Just, people got to stop internalizing everything. It's uh, and and I think as funny as funny, and but that that's the issue though is that if it's not funny to that particular group, you have to be able to do something else. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're there to make them laugh. And if they don't laugh at that, if you stupid joke about the gay king swiping on his phone, then you have to be able to give them something else. Right. You know, you can't just say, "Oh, well, this crowd is too politically correct," yeah. you know, for my mm-hmm. material, because that's dumb. Yeah. You, you know? can't use the material you use everywhere. Like if you go to a church convention, you can't use the same jokes you would right. go in a bar and do and use at a church convention. So, right. Yeah. Like earlier, I talked about you know uh, wrecking pussies. You know, that's yeah. a that's a new bit. That's a dirty bit. It's a bit that I would only use in certain types of shows. Yeah. You know, I would uh, most of the shows that I do, I'm relatively clean. I would never use that joke. You know, I would offend all my audience. And afterwards, when people said that they were offended, I wouldn't say it's because they're politically correct. You know what right. I mean? It's like it's like a, they were offended because that's not their sensibility. Right. You know. I think uh, comedians will blame anything uh, uh, on a bad set. I really yeah. do. Uh, uh, but you know, political correctness is a problem. But uh, comedy is is comedy, no matter what the societal constraints are. Do you interact with like the? Um, <coughs> I'm sorry. I'll, you coughed and I said, "I'm sorry." It's fine. It's fine. It's a nice like relationship you guys got going. <laughs> but do you like interact with the guests and stuff before you go on stage, so you kind of know? I usually go. I, I usually interact during my set and feel them out, and I always pay attention to the openers. Uh, or you know, if I'm headlining, I definitely pay attention to the feature spot because I want to see how the audience responds to him or her first. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and if I'm if I'm not headlining, but if I'm just doing a set in a in a larger show, uh, chances are pretty good I don't have a whole lot of time. Uh, so I'm just gonna. Like focus, you know, uh, on on you know, like anybody that interacts with the crowd. But then I'm gonna go up and do my thing. 
uh, yeah, I, it, it's good to pay attention. It's mm-hmm. good to, it's good, but you don't want to do like research before the show. You know, sometimes I will. If I get there early, I see people showing up, and I, I just kind of watch people as they come in, and you know, pick up on things, you know. But uh, usually, it's all in a moment. Yeah. I had, a, I had an interesting thing that happened to me like two weeks ago. Uh, speaking of co- uh, political correctness, uh, it was at my school, and it was uh, like a, a chili sale thing, and I like kind of MC out there, do music and stuff like that. And it's like like a health and fitness group thing, mm-hmm. and we we'll do like uh, like a push up challenge for like men and women, and if you like beat the record for that day, then you get a free bowl of chili. And <laughs> nice, right? So this um, this guy comes out there and he he starts it off. Uh, you got a minute to do how many push ups you want to do, mm-hmm. and he does twenty five, which is like not a yeah, lot, a but yeah. Man, I don't think I've done twenty five my whole life. <laughs> oh God! Jeez. Combine your whole God. Forty-eight years, I haven't done twenty-five push-ups, man. He does twenty-five in a minute. That's yeah. crazy. But that actually was not that great, but uh, uh, there was other girls that actually beat that. But um, but you know, he did his twenty-five. Like I said, there's a there's a guy side and a girl side, and uh, girl another girl came up. She did twenty-eight, so she beat him. Mm-hmm. And um, the girl that was holding working with us and writing it on the big board. We had a big board where we wrote down the mm-hmm. records. I said, we need to write down the names and the records so we keep it in place so when people pass by, they'll know what the record is and see if they can beat it and get a free bowl of chili. And the guy was like, oh, I'll write my name down. And then um, he wrote his name, that he wrote a name down and the name was Kayla. And he wrote it on the girl's side. I'm like, dude, why did you write your name down on the girl's side? <laughs> Right on the boy side. Why? Why would you do that? I was like, oh, ooh. See, I saw him earlier last year, and he had a conversation with me, probably like the same event too. Uh-huh. And other people kind of, you know, put a bug on me. I'm like, yeah, he's he's transitioning. I was like, ah. And I remembered it at that moment. I'm like, oh, you one of those. Oh, <laughs> one of those. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I almost like said some other things like, dude, quit playing, man. Get your name off the girl <laughs> yeah. side. And I was like, and that was like probably the first time I've like kind of had to deal with that in a like real life situation uh-huh. because then I was like, now I got to wonder if other girls are going to get mad at that because, you know, he got it on the girl side. And right, what, like an unfair advantage. Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and fortunately, he was very weak. So <laughs> other girls did beat him. So I was like, Whew. Situation dodged, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. But then I had other people walking up and said uh, they had the boy side. They had the one boy guy had like uh, seventy in a minute, so yeah. he killed it, whatever. And then other people walked up like, I can't do that seventy, man. I'm like, well, if you want to just be a girl for a day and just just twenty five, <laughs> you can try that out if you want to. Like, nah, no, nah, no, no, it's good. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be what you want, you know, for a few it, minutes. You can be what you yeah. want. <laughs> This is gender. We're doing gender neutral thing right now. So uh, yeah, it is North a, Carolina, and, and gender is really important in North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, for now it is. Yeah. I'll give it like another five years, and you know, you you probably won't even have the word uh, he and she and stuff like now. You'll yeah. probably be using z and, and they pretty soon. Yeah, I was doing a show once. It, it, I I don't think PC culture uh, influenced this, but I, I I did I did a show once where I told a joke that I had been using for a few weeks, and it was working really well. 
uh, and at all the shows. And then I did this one show, and it just, it did, the bomb just, the, the joke did not hit at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, it really kind of ruined the momentum. I was in uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida, and uh, there's a lot of retirees in Cocoa Beach, mm-hmm. and, and so it's an older population at this mm-hmm. show. The joke was uh, a dumb joke about uh, getting a blowjob. Uh, but it, the whole premise started with, it was during the election. Mm-hmm. And I don't get political. You know, I don't get political at all. But uh, during the election, somebody said to me, he's like, oh, what do you think of these, what do you think of Trump? I was like, I don't care. He's like, well, what do you think of these Trump supporters? I think these Trump supporters could suck my dick. And I said, wow, are, are they good at it? Like, I didn't really, like, <laughs> like, like, that's a stereotype I hadn't heard, you know what I mean? And, that's a, that's a, so the butt of that joke yeah. is not Trump. Yeah. The butt of the joke is not, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not, it's like, I just mentioned the word yeah. Trump. And, uh, and I told this joke in front of this one audience. And as soon as the word Trump came out of my mouth, they just got like, oh, you know, oh, he's good. He's, well, he, no, they, they, they thought liberal comedian almost are bad mouthing Trump, yeah. you know? And so they turned oh, on me. Oh, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> here goes another yeah. one. Yeah, they turned on me right away. And, uh, and that was not, you know, it's not, that's not PC. That's not related to PC right. culture or yeah. anything. That's just the wrong joke for that group. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I could have told the exact same joke without making a Trump reference. You know, I could yeah. have said, you know. Uh, but it was it oh, was just if you said uh, Bernie Sanders or Obama that yeah. joke would have killed would have killed they like, would have yeah. carried you out like a yeah. king yeah. and fed you oh. right Meats yes. and women would have been at your side yeah no it, it was a uh, uh, it was so you know these people that complain about uh, PC culture ruining comedy I don't buy it yeah I really don't um, it's uh, and most of the comedians that, that at our level. Uh, I don't think it really affects us. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's 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 when you're on TV. It's when you've got the Netflix special. It's uh, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That's when it affects you. you know? And I also think somebody like Kevin Hart at that uh, you know at that level, it's because, it's because of course, like I said, social media. Now everyone has a voice mm-hmm. instead of just the people who are just um, comedy critics. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of the people who are just movie critics. Now you hear everybody's criticism. Right. 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 Must be what God feels like. <laughs> he is all everything, job. every criticism, <laughs> all the good stuff. Job. Yeah, right. Or, or Santa. Yeah. Or Santa. Santa's the same way. God must just like cut off, turn off his phone. Or shut off his computer. That's right. He's like, man, this damn thing is just stopped. Just won't stop ringing. <laughs> Not to go off much. subject for one yeah. second, but you know, if you do like the yeah, whole he's, he's blonde in a... and. Dark brown, you look like Guy Fieri. Really? Guy. Oh, God. Like Guy Fieri? I thought you said God Fieri. No. Oh, my God. I'm a northerner. Don't do that. I'm from Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like that. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Kevin Hart. That was crazy. He stepped down from the Oscars. Like, one of yeah. the best... You know, as, as comedians, we uh, we have two career paths to like uh, we we either host things or we make we ultimately make movies or write things. You yeah. know, and as far as hosting gigs go, that's like the biggest hosting gig yeah. ever. Like mm-hmm. like that. You know, I I, I know somebody who's um, uh, somebody I started with is a pretty famous comedian now, a uh, guy by the name of Hassan Minhaj, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's gone on to do, he was on The Daily Show, and then he did the um, the White House Correspondence Dinner. Yeah. That's a huge gig, yeah. you know what I mean? 
But he, he did uh, it. Did he do it last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a huge gig, and and I he's he's so successful that I will probably never talk to him again. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like uh, that's what happens. You know, it's like. Uh, but the uh, the Oscars, man, to for him to just to, for Kevin to just say no to the Oscars. I mean, that's that's a huge deal, mm-hmm. and and uh, and I feel bad that he felt he needed to, yeah. you know, just because of some old tweets, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Which he said he apologized for yeah. several times. Yeah. And even then, they it were just they were, they were just funny jokes, and they were jokes like from like decades ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like from a long time ago. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and just and, and just because you told a joke once doesn't mean that's that's how you feel or yeah. felt or you know it's just yeah. a joke. Right. Uh, you know. Right. Yeah, it's it's super weird. So yeah. You think he should have just went ahead and did it all? No, I don't know. I mean, he 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 made his own decision. I feel like if he if that's what he thought you know was right, then sure, you know. I but I like can't that, imagine feeling that way. You know. I just felt like that that just made the troll win. Yeah. That you just you gave in. To it that. could have been. It could have been. But also, I, I I see from his perspective that he didn't want to ruin the event by inviting trolls. You know, like yeah. he didn't want. Yeah, he wanted the, the, the event to be uh, all about the, the people up for these awards, winning them. You know, he didn't want uh, his, you know, whatever controversy to spoil the event for them. So yeah. I get, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But it's terrible that he was put in that position. You know, that's what it is. What was crazy was I remember they were trying to name people who should replace him, and I heard Eddie Murphy. I'm like, did y'all not hear guys, Eddie Murphy in the yeah. 80s? Yeah. That's the thing. People forget, man. People forget, like like him and Charlie Sheen. And like, oh, there's all these people yeah. that have done some pretty uh, terrible things that, uh, mm-hmm. that people forget about, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, you know, it was before YouTube and stuff like that. So yeah. they probably don't have the footage. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he did Mr. T as a gay person. I'm right, like, right. Like, <laughs> forget that yeah and it's 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 really funny you yeah. know it's not the kind of thing that we joke about now because we have a different understanding of gay people but uh, but that back then that's yeah. how a lot of the united mm-hmm. people thought you yeah. know it's a yeah, yeah. If, if i think uh for those who are pc <clears throat> they just have to understand comedians joke about everybody yeah. we joke about right. black people white people uh Nothing is off limits. Handicap, whoever. You know, we joke about everybody. It's not, but it's not hate speech, though. Right. That's the difference. When, you know, I, when you joke about people, you're like, uh, you're sharing with them. You yeah. know, it's like endearing. You know, mm. and when, uh, when we, we, when we honor other comedians, we do it by, by, by making jokes about them. Yeah. You know, by doing roasts. Roasts. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, they talk about everything. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing to, is off limits. To to make a joke about somebody is to is to show them uh, some respect. Yeah. Uh, to to say that there's a group of people out there that you can't joke about is to set them is to make them different. Yeah. You know, it's like. It's like, I'll make a joke about anybody. Like, I, I actually had a comedian tell me this once. Yeah, he said, he'll make a joke about any race except black people. You know? And I'm like, well, then now you're making black people excluded. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're not invited to the party. That's a great, you know? great point. Yeah. And that's the exact thing they don't want to be. They don't want to feel like they're not, you know, inclusive with everyone else. Right. They don't want to feel like they're separate. They want to feel they're equal and the same as everyone else. Exactly. But by not being able to joke on them, you're doing the exact thing you don't want to happen. Yep. That's why I feel like Black History Month. That's why I don't like it. Because yeah. it, just, it just makes me feel like we're just <laughs> on the so outside. I'm passionate about this yeah, subject. I, I, I we almost had our first argument. Yeah, really? right. 
It is kind of interesting is yeah, that we reserve like it's the only ethnic group to have their own uh, uh, you know time devoted to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. we don't have Irish History Month. You yeah. know, we don't. Maybe yeah. a, could we get like a week for the Irish? Yeah. Uh, you know, like. <laughs> They didn't. They they, well, they didn't have it as bad as black people coming over here. Yeah. But they had it pretty bad, you what? know. That, <laughs> they got they got a, a, a week dedicated to them. It's called well. uh, 2019. <laughs> what? Oh, what? Yeah, they, we, we talk <laughs> we talk about them all year long. We got we got the Boston Celtics. Oh yeah, we yeah, got yeah. Notre Dame Fire yeah, Irish. That's true. We don't have a black team. Or the Black Panthers, man, the they're all Panthers. They're, they're all black teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every single one of them. You know how many black people actually live in Minnesota? No, uh, <laughs> right? They're all black teams. Besides Prince, that's yeah. it. He's dead now. Green Bay, Green Bay, Wisconsin. This, yeah. uh, so this is something I know because kind because of, I have friends who are from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now yeah. most of the Packers are black. Uh, you know, I don't. Yeah. I don't follow football, mm-hmm. but I know enough about the world to understand yeah, that that's it. A friend of mine who's in, who's from Green Bay said that uh, the, the the Packers actually bring in special uh, hairstylists that know how to cut black hair. Uh, uh, they they bring in people that know how to cook food to like a black palate. You know what wow. I mean? Because like they, they, they don't have that in Wisconsin. They're literally a uh, they're a team that has like uh, like in a city that has like such a small population of black people mm-hmm. that the only black people are there for the team. You know, it's called Cooks from Wingstop to come. To yeah. Bay. So all so yeah all all the teams they're black teams. <laughs> I the only thing I would say about Black History Month is that it is uh i don't know if if it's if it's uh if it's all that important it does kind of take this group of people and draw extra attention to them but i think that until that history is taught as part of regular history yeah. you know like 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 uh that i think we still kind of need uh, a reminder of mm-hmm. these stories you know mm-hmm. uh, you know, because like you learn, you know, you open up a history, a regular history book, and it's not going to mention like Frederick Douglass, or it's not going to go into big detail about Rosa right. Parks and things. It might yeah. mention a little paragraph yeah. or something, but those are it's really important people, actually. Yeah. And so, you know, I I see your point, but I also see the need for it. You know, if that makes any sense. It does. Don't you say anything? I didn't say anything. <laughs> I was just saying. All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up on that. I'd like to thank Dr. Brian King yes, for being on the so show. Hey, I learned so you. much today. Uh, that's good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on the show. Any man. opportunity to talk into a microphone, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Uh, did you have any plugs you want to I know you've yeah, you got quite a few plugs. No, anything I else extra you people uh, follow me on, on uh my web, various websites, social media, Dr. Brian King. Uh, look for my book on Amazon or hit me up for it, and I'll send it to you, an autographed copy. Give the name uh, again. Go ahead. Uh, the Art of, uh, oh, excuse me, uh, The Laughing Cure is the one that's out now, and then there's the Bloody Mary book, but The Art of Taking It Easy is the one that comes out in September. I also have a podcast, okay, yeah, yeah. The On the Road with Dr. Brian King podcast, which is uh, – it's, you know, it's it's entertaining. And uh, my YouTube series. Uh, which yeah, I, yeah. Find yeah. me on YouTube. I got all kinds of stuff it's, I post there. Is it is it the Sarah and Brian one? Sarah and Brian yeah. is one of the things I do, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I, I watched a few episodes mm-hmm. last night, this morning, six in the morning, this morning. <laughs> uh, you have like about 60 or 70 episodes, yeah, I we, think. 
and we keep going. Yeah, it's like it's like podcasting. It's like you get better over time. Uh, you know, we uh, I recently had a couple episodes like kind of kind of blow up, like almost quasi uh, semi viral, which yeah, is uh, which is kind of interesting. It's cool when that happens. I get all excited, like oh, maybe I'll get to monetize YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be great, right? Yeah. Get become a millionaire off of that. That's right. right. That's probably how a lot of rappers are trying to make money now. Yeah, off of YouTube as well. It works. All right, well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks. Um, This has been another episode of Hostile Therapy, and we will see you on the next podcast. Peace out.